I don't want to be bossed around or told how to be. Like, I don't want to have to change who I am mm. to be making more money or to be more elevated in this industry. Like, yes, I'm young and I have my look is not that clean cut and it never was and it probably never will be. But when I lived here, that's what people yeah. wanted from me. They mm. wanted me to be more prim and proper. Like, they didn't, they wanted so much other stuff that I just wasn't. So I'm, killed my mind I like killed myself over it and beat Mm. myself up every day because I just couldn't be like what other people were Mm. and my mom always said you didn't get this far because you were like everyone else and for anyone else listening like I I lived in Sydney for two years and now I've recently just moved to the Gold Coast because I just couldn't handle the pressure here I literally was like you're killing yourself to be a part of this industry and like putting so much pressure on yourself when like you just craving real connections, connections, raw time in nature, like just slowing down. Mm. And I've now discovered the power of slowing down and that there's so much more success in that than going to every event. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast, and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. My next guest is one of Australia's most watched young women. At just 20 years old, Katia Milan has over a million followers most of them other young women who turn to her for advice, mentorship, and support. We connected quickly on our devotion to exploring and honoring what spirituality means to us and how we use our beliefs as both a compass and a comfort. She's one of the wisest young women I've ever met, and in this lifetime, I think she's a gift to us all. Katia didn't hold back, and for that, I'm thankful because we need her honesty and the way she translates her innate wisdom. In this honest conversation, we discuss what it means to be telepathic, manifestation as a way of life, why she wouldn't change getting bullied in high school or suffering crippling anxiety last year, her thoughts on privacy, privilege, why she had to leave Sydney and what she's willing to sacrifice in order to live her life in service to others. I hope you can feel her energy because it was entirely intoxicating. Here's Cartier and I for Offline. First, I want to know your star sign. I was just about to ask you. Oh, my God. (laughs) You go first. I'm a Leo. Do you want, like, my rising and moon? Of course I do. Okay, my rising is Gemini, which makes me crazy. Love that. (laughs) And my moon is Virgo. You got a Virgo moon. That's really special. Really? I spoke to um, a 
astrologist. I think by the time this goes live, it would have already come out. Yeah. Um, her name's Nadine Jane. Wait, I've heard of her name. I don't yeah, know. She's wh- really big on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And she does really feminine astrology readings. Yeah. But she was saying that our moon is arguably the most important mm. sign of those three because it's kind of like she spoke about it as your sun sign is like the CEO of mm. you. Yeah. And then your rising sign is your PR. Yeah. So it's how we <laughs> present in the world. And then our moon is like culture. Yeah. So that is like to I'm be a Virgo. I'm such a Virgo. Are you? I'm such an all – I'm all of them combined. I'm yes. such a Leo at six. So you present very Leo. Oh, my God. But I'm also like – I'm right in July, so I'm very – I feel like I'm very cancer. Like I'm very emotional. Mm. And like my Gemini, I'm just like, that's why you're crazy. Like, that's why you're like, <laughs> eh, like all the time. <laughs> I was also saying to Nadine like um, Gemini and Scorpio tend to get quite a bad – rap my boyfriend's a scorpio oh okay but like now i used to ha- like not hate scorpios but i was like i'm never gonna date one because they're like shady and secretive and everything i hate and now i date one i'm like oh you guys are beautiful people <laughs> <laughs> i love you <laughs> and gemini's like i've got a few so so friends it, everything just depends on people's rising and moon i feel i totally agree well i am cancer sun of cancers oh, thank you um cancer moon Oh my god! So I'm like emotional, h- holy in my feelings. Like there's Love no this. part but of me. Most of my friends are cancers. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have such a good chat. Mm-hmm. I love cancers. But my rising is Aquarius. Oh, okay. So I present as like innovator, like like to do things first, like to do things my own way. Yeah. So that's been interesting for me to realize that my my the Aquarius in me is my work. Mm, is how I get out there and yeah definitely try and every Aquarius I meet is different like I wouldn't even know how to like stereotype an Aquarius Mm. it's the one sign I don't really know much about Mm. I know a lot about a lot of them but Mm. Aquarius I'm like I don't know you guys just doing your thing (laughs) well that's kind of bit like from what I've read Aquarians just like to do things differently or like to kind of let you know that oh I don't do it like that or a little bit more underground maybe Mm -hmm. um an individual, I guess. Yeah. Because I've never really realised why I am the way I am in my work because mm. when I'm such a Cancerian in every other part of my life. Mm. But then as a leader, I was like a Cancerian leader. Like yeah. I led through heart. Yeah. But that's so powerful. Mm, so good. It's hard sometimes though. <laughs> mm, which we can maybe – no, we won't make this podcast about me. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm glad we got the star signs out of the way. And what I love about this is I was saying to you before we started recording – I actually, beyond watching your YouTube content and your stories, I actually haven't listened to or heard any other interviews mm. with you or read. I like so that. So it's a lot of discovery here for me as well. But I am an enormous fan of what you're doing. Thank you. And the message you're putting out there for young girls especially, which is why I wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. today. And I also just think you are, I mean, looking at you, I'm like, you're so <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Quite disarming. Oh. Um, but let's start with your upbringing. Uh-huh. So where did you grow up? And then also what were you like as a young girl? Um, so growing up, I grew up in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, I was cr- like really loud and out there growing up. I loved talking. I never shut up. I was very Leo child. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was very confident. I loved just meeting new people. I loved speaking to older people. I just like wanted to be everyone's friend pretty much. So during high school, I went to an all girls private school for the first 10 years of my life. Wow. The start was fun. The middle part and towards the end was like hell. Because it's that age, isn't it? Oh, grade nine. Nine and 10? Mm-hmm. Mainly, I would not mainly, go back there. Mainly eight and nine for me. Okay. Seven, eight, nine was like, what the fuck? Like, um, mm. and also I was really overweight growing up. So I was like 30 kilos heavier than I am now. So like wow. for this really confident kid and like, I mean, it's, it's a big like, comparison because when people look at me now, they're like, no, you weren't. Cause it's so, you can't even picture it. Mm. I look completely different now. Wow. And I'm not saying like I went and had a bunch of work done. I just like have changed and evolved as like the person I am and like and grown in, we grow grown. into our bodies. I've grown mm. all sorts. Yes. Like, I can't wait to talk like about those all memes this. where it's like, thank God for puberty. I'm like, I could be poster girl for this. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly. You if you see it. people from school, are they like, is that you? Lots of people. Um like I would say I changed the most like, – I started looking completely different like I'd say like th- three to four years ago now. And so when people would see me from school, they'd be like, is that you? Like you look so different. I'm like, yeah, like because I got out of that place and I changed my whole life. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But we grow into our bodies and our faces. Totally. It's this interesting thing where what you even have at say 18 – like I look at photos of myself now. I'm nearly 34. Mm-hmm. I feel like I look like a different person as well, but and there's something about that concept of sitting in self, mm. where the more in touch with who we are, but depending, you can see that depending yeah. on how your like your happiness and like what your soul is feeling and everything, like you will, like I just read this quote this morning or something, and it's like you look completely different when you're happy, like versus when oh, you're yeah. like your eyes shine differently, like your everything, like it's just it's cra- it's really crazy. Mm. So yeah. And so after private school, uh-huh. then in grade nine, I just, I like couldn't handle it anymore. I was being bullied by the people. Like I was in a friendship group pretty much. So I'd been there for 10 years. So I knew everyone. So mm. I was, yes, I was like a popular girl in school, but it was like this whole backwards thing that I was in the popular group, but honestly, like I still have friends that I have a few people that I, they're not like okay, this sounds weird, but they're not like a charity case, but they were the kids that got bullied and they were the ones that didn't have friends to sit with. And it was my duty that I felt that I needed to include them and wanted them to be a part of everything. Oh, you're beautiful. As I said, I wanted to be friends with literally everyone. Mm. So I'd bring people into the group and they would become friends and we had this huge group. But in grade nine, everything started turning and since I was friends with everyone in the group, if there was ever an issue, it was Cardia needs to sort this out. This is her so fault. So you were like the mediator. So I was it. the mediator. I was blamed for everything. I was like bullied so badly by these people and who were my best friends and stuff and I just couldn't. Like I ended up having no friends. I sat with no one in lunches. Like I just I every morning I was like mom I don't want to go to school like oh my God. parents got involved and were bullying as well like private girls school and like something about this like inner school group in Brisbane like I talked to other people that have like gone to these other private schools in Brisbane and it's just this like horrible backwards mentality of like bullying and like parents so it's kind of like elitism it's, isn't yes, it yes exactly yeah. um so I was going because I've studied acting my whole life so I would always used to do like acting outside of school um and I was at one of my acting classes outside of school one day 
and I was chatting to one of the boys there and he said, oh, I just auditioned for the school Quacky. And I was like, what the hell is Quacky? He's like, it's Queensland Academy for Creative Industries. It's an acting school. And I was like, what? Sign are we in Glee? Up. Like, is this like Glee? Like, I didn't know that Brisbane had an acting school. And he was like, yes, you need to go and audition. The auditions are literally about to end. And I was like, done. So I looked up the school. It, it does it does the International Baccalaureate, which is like this really intense um, academic system. And I'm not academic at all. I've always struggled in school. I hated like classes I was like literally learning is really hard for me because it's mm. not interactive very much like okay I'm a creative thinker so he was like you need to be prepared for the academic side and then you know etc so I went for the audition got through that did the academic test somehow I got through that <laughs> <laughs> and then so I got into the school for filmmaking and theater um acting went there for three years and that was co-ed it was a public school dream changed my life it was Mm. really fucking hard Mm. like three years of like intensive theater was really hard but I feel like I owe a lot of that to finding myself a lot more and like delve like diving into myself and learning about the ego and like Mm. how my ego presented in my life and connection to people and vulnerability and like Mm. so it literally set me up for my entire career pretty much I could not agree more I am I always say I'm like best from the west Mm -hmm. so I grew up in um, Camden uh-huh. and before that I was living in Campbelltown and uh-huh. Bradbury which are now seen as like oh my god like my boyfriend's from out west as well so I like no <laughs> and my husband's also from the west and we're both public school educated uh-huh. I didn't get into uni I didn't get the marks because also I struggled yeah in school on the academic side I could always write but mm-hmm. beyond that I just couldn't do any of it Went to uni mature age in Penrith at UWS. Uh So like when I eventually moved to Sydney and everyone's like, what uni did you go to? What school? And I was like, oh, mate, like (laughs) I'm from Penrith, UWS. And they're like, where is that? Because everyone in Sydney was like UTS or University of Sydney. But people always ask me about my ability to connect with people or like you to welcome people in that wouldn't Mm -hmm. otherwise be seen as. Yeah cool or whatever Mm. and it's because I was around everything and everyone like what we were exposed to in the public education system Mm. there is a little bit of fight or flight in it as well but Mm -hmm. more than anything it's just people from different backgrounds different Mm. ethnicities different socioeconomic like well yeah it's so diverse even like I think as blessed as I was being able to go to a private school for 10 years and have my parents put that amount of money into my education in ways it it almost set me up with a really negative mind because I just believed that everyone had money. Like growing up, I was in this bubble world thinking, oh, every holiday, it's so normal that every family goes on an international trip. And the family is like, I I grew up thinking that my family was extremely poor because we didn't have, or like my my dad was never showy. My mom, like, sure, they made, you know, a great income, but I never grew up in a showy household. I literally thought we were like, we would go on holidays and stay in motels like my dad was such a tight ass which I actually (laughs) love because I didn't ever have that chip on my shoulder Mm. or that that thing that I thought I was so much better but when I moved to Quacky the art school I remember when I realized that oh wait I've got this all wrong and I'm actually so fucking privileged is when I was like, oh, I'd met all these new friends and I was like, let's go to this gig on the, on the weekend. It's just like 35 bucks entrance. My friend Siobhan turned to me and said, 
and I can't come. And I was like, why? And she's like, I can't afford it. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean you can't afford $35 for a gig? And like, it sounds stupid now, but no, when you've that. grown up in this, that world, when you actually felt like you had nothing compared to these people that are growing up, like, oh, my mom and dad have this and that. You're like, oh shit. Like the pressure mm. of that. But it, it just made me see a whole different side of the world, a whole different like appreciation for what my parents had given me yes. and also made me really just yeah so extremely grateful and mm. also made me like want to work really hard for you know my own stuff and mm. to be able to provide for myself and all of that do you think your dad's um perhaps like control over money helped you like I always talk about like I didn't learn about money in my family so mm-hmm. I'm I still have a lot of money stories I'm unpacking. Like I don't have a very good relationship with money. But do you feel like he taught you a lot about it? Yeah, honestly, growing up, well, my parents are divorced. They went through a divorce settlement that took about five to six years all fighting about money. So I personally have no major attachments to money. I always grew up – I'm actually rather happier without much. I can mm. go without a lot, even though now I live this life where I'm like, I've got money. I'm just going to spend it and be yeah. stupid because I honestly have a really strange belief system that I'm really grateful for is that since I saw two people fight so much about money, it literally tore our whole lives apart. They wasted so much money. Um, trying to get the money. Trying to get the money. And also just how sad it was to see someone's, extreme attachment to money that they could lose a whole family over it. I was like, I'm never going to be like that. Wow. And um, also, I, I don't know. I just feel like I, it was just such a huge thing to me that I was like, you can't ever let money affect you. You've just seen what it can do to people. Never. So it just never so has. Was the and I also feel like growing up, um, when I was in grade 10, I think this is when all my social media stuff started – I always wanted to be self-reliant. I never Mm. wanted to have to rely on my parents or my dad or anyone for money. Like I became very like, I was very rebellious and very just like, Mm. fuck you all. I'm going to make a life for myself and I don't need anyone's help Mm. and I will do this on my own and I want to challenge myself. Um, I don't want people to ever say, you just have this because of this person or you just have this because of this person. Like it's, I was mm. just so dumb like that. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't take help, which later in life, yeah. later in life, it was a bit of an issue. I think that's quite advanced for someone yeah, in year 10. Growing up, I just yeah. really wanted to, you know, take my life into my own hands and also like, you know, at that time as well, I did have to grow up really fast. Like my parents had divorced. My mom was literally half a human because mm. my dad had just emotionally abused her and Mm. I had seen the whole thing and I just like I love her she's my best friend it was like heartbreaking to watch it all kind of happen um so she really wasn't a mum during that period she didn't have anything in her every day she was like riddled with anxiety which I couldn't understand like Mm. I was so young I'd never been through any like mental health issues and she would try and explain how she felt to me like every day she would just cry and break down Mm. and sometimes I'd just be like why do you always have to just cry like I'm here I got you we'll sort this out but stop the crying and she's like I actually can't Mm. so she was on a verge of like a massive mental breakdown and I was there trying to mother her and look after myself so I did grow up really fast but Mm. I always said to her like 
you know what, I'm going to have your back right now. But in a year or so when you're better, you have to have my back and you have to let me have the freedom I want. Like it was mm. extreme the way that our relationship developed. I was really like, wow. this is how it's going to work because I'm sacrificing so she much. She became for you. like the caretaker. I became the caretaker. Yeah. But I just said like, in a year or so when you're better, like I want freedom. Like I need you to let me go to the parties I want to go to or I need you to trust that if something's wrong, I will call you. I promise. Like if I'm in trouble, I will call you. But you have to just let me have my freedom because mm. I don't want to hate you. I don't yeah. want to be like these or other kids this. who sneak out and are sneaking around behind them, behind their parents' backs and they don't have a relationship. Mm. They look at their like mum or dad like they're some like – abstract human that they can't speak to and I was like I just loved how open our like dialogue could be I loved that we had each other's back and I was like I never want to lose you so if you never want to lose me can we please try and work out a good solution here wow so you've been here like lots of times before oh my god like what life (laughs) are you on like I feel like it's this is very deep wisdom you know that stuff it's like but I love these conversations because I feel like I only have a specific amount of people I speak to this stuff about because I do sound crazy when I'm like, I feel like I'm on my last lifetime. Oh, do you know I found out recently on a meditation treat in Bali um, that I'm, I am on my last one and I've really? always known that. Like I've always felt that. Yeah. We, ha- we have a very similar story. Wow. The parents thing, yeah. the divorce, becoming the mum, mm-hmm. self-isolating and identifying yeah. really young. Uh-huh. Um, but I've always, like, when I was growing up, I was like, why do I know this stuff? Why do I know what to say? How come I can talk to adults like that? And it's just knowing, crazy, knowing, knowing. Right? But then also there's some – and Tony, my husband, doesn't like when I talk about this, but there's some finality in this for me where mm-hmm. I feel like even this work I'm doing now is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing I got for my last time. <laughs> Like everything mm-hmm. I've, every life I've had, every job I've had in it's this been one. like building up to this. To this moment. Yeah. And I feel the exact same way because I feel like when I can tap into and for a bit of background growing up, like my mom taught me pretty much everything or well not everything, but she opened me to spirituality in a really mm. gentle way that I at a young age would always, it kind of started with me researching star signs just because I love to know everything about someone. I mm. love to know how I should be able to speak, how I should speak to you to make you feel comfortable. Yes. Because I feel like I can almost mold myself. That's the Gemini side of me. Yeah. Mold myself to make you feel more comfortable which then in turn makes me feel more comfortable because mm. our conversation is going to be more authentic. Like if you're a loud person, I'll just be like my wild out there side because that'll make you comfy. Or if me being really weird is going to make you feel really awkward, I won't show you that yes. right now. So I loved learning about star signs. And then later it developed into my mum and people saying to my mum, she's so telepathic. So I'm like, what the hell is that? Research, research, research. Okay, how can I actually develop that skill? So when I was in like grade nine and 10, I think it started. I started going to one of my mum's friends, psychic development courses where I sat with oh my God, all of these adults this is everything. and I'm doing readings for people. And I honestly felt like I was crazy. Like I was almost angry at my mum for it. Cause she was like, come to this. It might help you make sense of what's going on in your mind. Um, 
What does it mean to be telepathic then? Telepathic's like intuitively understanding yes. someone. It's, mm. I guess, the start of developing like psychic wisdom and knowledge, and which everyone has. has. Just saying. This is my other thing: is people like, oh, all that spirituality shit. I'm not. I'm not spiritual. I'm like, no. The thing is, we're all spirits. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're all spiritual. It's mm-hmm. just how far along you are to acknowledging. It's your consciousness level and yeah. like how you, how open you are to let yourself become this incredible being that understands. I know life and people and mm. yeah. So, but it was grade nine, and I remember I was op- like, when you're in a group of people that are all like opening this. I guess, portal, Yeah, it makes everything like you just will know stuff, see stuff, feel stuff. And I was being exposed to way too much. Like I knew way too much. I understood way too much. And my brain could not understand how I understood. Wow. There was no explanation. So I'd go to school and I would try and speak to my friends about this. And this is where a lot of the bullying happened as well. You're crazy. You think you know everything about us, blah, 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 blah. Which a lot of the stuff I'd say was true. True. But I just, yeah, it was hard. Well, because so. I guess you became the mirror. Yeah, exactly. And you showed them themselves. But and they didn't like what they saw. For years, mm. I wanted to switch this thing off that I had within me because I couldn't actually handle it. It was just too overwhelming. Um, and it wasn't until I, you know, I finished this course. I obviously had this understanding that I was different and I understood things differently to people. Um, and when I – so when I graduated from school, I moved to Byron straight after school. I was 17. Oh, God bless this. my mum for letting me go. Well, I kind of was like, here's our trade-off. you got to let me go. <laughs> Remember what we said. Yeah. So mm. I moved to Byron and I lived on the main street of Byron in Johnson Street. I got a job at the little vintage store right next door. Which Your was heaven. This is a dream. dream. Um, and I worked there and across the road was this – bookshop crystal bookshop Mm -hmm. and I remember I went in there one night and I started looking through tarot cards and like angel cards and Mm -hmm. all that and I when I would do readings I normally would just hold someone's jewelry and it would be like a tv screen in my head and I'd just go but I was like what if I just experiment with this this is like the first time in years I even wanted to hear about anything spiritual (laughs) Mm. and of course you're in like the spiritual motherland so it's like I guess it just would come up yeah anyway yeah um so I got some cards and I just started experimenting and playing around with friends and went down that whole that whole path but the craziest part what actually awakened it was when I'd be working in the vintage store these old ladies kept coming in just randomly it kept happening and they'd say why are you turning it off like turning Stop off. this. It was really spooky. And then my boss said to me, you can read, can't you? You're so psychic. You're so this. You're so that. And I'd be like, my head was exploding because I was just like, mm. they're all pushing me to do this thing. Yes. And like you're having this deep sense of knowing that I know, uh-huh, but, but I'm tr- suppressing it because there's, it's so like the more um, tapped in we become, the more fear presents itself because we start to realize like, oh, my God, I'm just a sophisticated blob of matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything I thought I knew about oh, myself. And about the world and about what doesn't... we've been taught. Like when I started delving, and it's not just to say like, oh, doing psychic readings. This applies to everyone because it's just about opening up your consciousness whichever mm. way you do that, whether it's you form a habit, um, an interest in crystals or reading about 
extraterrestrial beings mm. you start to realize what you start to want to question what you were taught in school mm. like you start asking like what are these beliefs that society's told me that my my i always say like my rule book that society like creates for us and it's like how can i now break this rule book down mm. and that's me sitting in my little unit in byron by myself terrified because i was so lonely facing all this stuff for the first time i was like wait like I can actually do this thing that I was told wasn't acceptable and I should be asking more questions about this stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's so wild. So where are you at with that now in terms mm-hmm. of like, do you do readings or anything no, like no, that? No, no, no. So it was more or less a thing that like um, I would do with my friends and mm. when, when any of my friends would need guidance with stuff, like I would happily like sit with them sometimes when I get drunk at parties I'll be like pulling a random person into a room like I just need to tell you this wow <laughs> and it kind of pops up whenever but I definitely now have major limits with it because I'm just such a sensitive person I'll end up taking all their shit home with me well that's the thing is like the emotional <laughs> I don't know how to properly protect my energy yet which is something that like I really need to work on and the hard part is now I feel like after living in Sydney for two years, I have become so closed off from new relationships and new people in my life because it's it's just such a hectic world here compared to living in Byron, you know, and like And I also think for you it's like being in the world as an identity mm. also has a lot of complexity because I'm experiencing this on experiencing this on such a s- small scale. Mm. You know, I always say I'm niche. Like if you know me, you know me. If you don't, you probably yeah. never will. <laughs> um, but even with the podcast, like so many incredible women listening, you know, I'll be out and I know you would get this all the time, but someone will come up to me and I'm still a bit like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. No, you don't listen. No, you're not real. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But because I'm like you where I'm an empath, mm. the the first thing I do is feel their energy before I hear what they're saying mm-hmm. and then I just suck – just sucks me in and then I kind of leave this 40 minute DM going wow Alison the issue and I feel like with you is you're like me you just want to help everyone this is why you're doing this podcast this is why you do the things you do it's like we're here to help people Mm. that's probably why we're these wise old beings on Mm. our last lifetime literally doing things both in our careers to help people but I needed to start putting in parameters to be like, you can't just sit with people for 40 minutes and expect that that's not your responsibility to help them, but fix them. You don't need to but fix But do you feel them. like me where it's like when I am in those conversations, I've never felt more myself? Mm-hmm. Because you feel like you're like coming home to something. Like There's you're so much comfort. Because it's like we don't have genuine connection like that in everyday life. And for like I think when you're a deeper soul or you're craving that, everyone craves it. It's, it's like when you mm. have a conversation with a random and it feels like, you just never want it to end because your soul is like, oh my God, this is amazing. But it's, yeah, it's, it is sad because we don't have that all the time. Mm. So how do you think about, one thing I'm challenged with at the moment is, you know, our appetite for conversations of this nature increases. Mm. And so I find it difficult to balance my older friendships Mm -hmm. with people that I really adore and that still inspire me and enrich me with meeting new people and being able to go places intellectually Mm -hmm. that I can't with my other friends and then say, you know, I had someone say to me recently, oh, it feels like you've changed. Mm. 
And I said to her, like, have I changed or has your perception of me changed? Well, I love when people say you've changed. There's this other quote that someone sent me once and it was like of a butterfly and there's like a cartoon and it's like, you've changed. And it's the caterpillar and then it's the butterfly saying, but isn't that what we're supposed to do? Mm. Which we are. Like, I feel like this is another thing in society where it's like this whole matter of changing is such a negative thing and it's Mm. not. If like people when they say like, oh, you've changed, it's like their ego being like, you're not the same friend that we once were. Like our friendship isn't the same because you've become a better you or you've evolved in your own life. I can see you're growing. I can see you're growing and that's terrifying me because I'm not. And it's really hard. Again, it's the mirror. Yeah. But I feel like with friendships, like, you know, growing up with such a hard lot of bullying and like these people I committed my whole life to fucking me over, I got really ruthless with just like, if I can't can't be a great friend to you and you can't inspire me or support me, then we don't need to maintain this. Like, Got we don't no need time to for that. Continue, like literally ruthless. But just because I have to be because if you're my friend, I am here for you for life. You need me on a flight tomorrow this to is me. Africa? Sure thing. I'm, I'm so there. Loyal. It's like I put a – it's like I'm giving you a piece of me and like you mm. need to trust that I will always be there but you just need to – I don't ask for much in return mm. besides – support like Mm. I don't need you to jump on a flight for me tomorrow I just need your support because I know everyone can't just do that (laughs) yes exactly but like show up for me fully show up and Mm. I can't I think it was around like grade 10 as well I couldn't have friendships that I didn't have I couldn't have this dialect with and Mm. that they couldn't I needed people that could understand that I was a spiritual being and I needed I was going on my spiritual journey and I want to tell you all the things I'm learning and I want to you know, teach you so we can talk about this stuff and you can teach me stuff. And so I also believe, and this is something I like to speak about, like on my socials of like attracting friends is that you can't attract these people you want in your life when you have all this space taken up by the shitty ass friends you're keeping around in your energy field. You got to cut it. Yeah. And then, yep, maybe sit alone for a bit, which will be terrifying because you, mm. we have this like habit of wanting to like fill all of our time and fill our energy space with people to distract us from our like thoughts. Yes. Sit in that emptiness and the loneliness and then start manifesting these these perfect the friends people you want, you want the type of life. people you want and they will come. Yes. Literally they just come to you. They oh. do. They present themselves and you know when they're there because it feels like you've known them a lifetime. Yes, like they're old friends. Mm-hmm. It's oh, so man. cool. You are so old. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's so – how old are you actually? 20. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. You must get that all the time but like this is my first experience with you in real life and mm. it's quite profound Thank you. And it just comes through you. I can see this too. Like none of this is – I don't think – I honestly am like in such a – right now. Mm. But I love this because it's like – like as you said, like look at me. I'm like so smiley because this is such a natural state for me and Mm. I feel like with the job I do, I get boxed into this image of like you're an influencer or you're this – Oh my God, this is what offline is about. Yeah. You're – like yes, obviously my job is like to – use my face to do certain things but I had to figure out a way to get somewhere to have a voice so that people I could actually do what I'm here to do which is to speak and to help people mainly Mm. talk I'm great at talking yeah (laughs) I can tell it's so good but it does feel like I have I get downloads from a higher source that is telling me what I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. here doing and 
you know what I always used to say to my friends and my mum that I came to terms with when I was living in Byron I was like my life is never going to be for me and they were like what and I was like my life is not for me I will Mm. be constantly given service tasks to do that's why half the stuff in my life makes no fucking sense Mm. I'm like why am I over here doing this with these people It'll all make sense soon. But it always just felt like I will get given extreme privileges, which I do in my job. I get to do amazing things that I would never thought as a Mm. 20-year-old I would ever get to do. Travel to these places and have such luxuries and privilege. But the thing is I made a trade-off. It's almost like, you know, how like make a deal with the devil kind of thing. I went through that like period of time where it's almost like I got asked, do you want to know all this knowledge? Are you willing to help? Sitting in an exit row on a plane, like, are you willing to have this extra leg room, but you have to help him shit, you know? Yeah. Hits the fucking roof or whatever the saying is. And it was like that. Like, Mm. yes, I'm here to help. To serve. To serve. My life Mm. will never be 100% for me. Oh, my God. We are here to increase collective consciousness. We are because the consciousness is here. going up and that's it why is. people are speaking about it now because consciousness and collective consciousness, um, I think someone showed me a chart once how like it literally, everything mm. it goes up and down, up and down and it's going to do that all throughout life. Like mm. think about Egyptian periods, that was like highest consciousness mm. we could have had. They're like talking to aliens and mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff. And then it went, you know, Elizabeth, mm. Elizabethan periods, really low. And we're just coming up. Yeah. And it's crazy because there's so much bad stuff going on in the world. But if you actually think about this, they seem small, but rather significant changes that people are making within just themselves. That's how we're going to heal the world as well, mm. because it's all to do with us. Do you, um, have you done much reading into soul contracts? No. Oh, I'm right into it at the moment. Oof. So, so much of like what you're saying and what you already know is we, um, you know, your higher sources, our spirit guides, we've set contracts with them. So as a spirit, you know, we drop our body and then we go up Wow! and then we choose our body again and we come down Mm -hmm. and we choose our lessons. So you say, okay, yeah, well, I best this time I better experience poverty. I better experience Mm -hmm. to learn all of these things. So everything we're going through in life, we've chosen for ourselves. And the moment I learned that and accepted that everything became light Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter how bad it is. I'm like, well, you chose this. So let's get on with the lesson quick, especially if it's a bad thing. I'm like, got it. Won't do that again for whatever reason. But with our spirit guides, that concept of um, they're contracted to us. So when we go back up there, we say, okay, I need you for this. I need you for this. I need you for this. Mm -hmm. And also this concept of if you're feeling directionless or you don't have a purpose or things are going really bad all the time, you can kind of call on them and say, show yes. up because sometimes your spirit guys are lazy and they're not doing their job. Mm-hmm. So you got to talk to them and they're listening, right? So like we can, apparently when you go to sleep, I think it's called um, astral planing. Yep. Where and you can, yeah, stuff. you can yeah. say to them, I'm coming up. So yep. take me up. Mm-hmm. And that feeling when you jolt awake, that's when your spirit hits your body again. Wow. And also through, mm. I feel like. That's why meditation is powerful too because oh on a small level – well, it's actually not even a small level. Yeah. It's such a huge level when on you the whole practice level. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really just quietening things so you you can get those downloads mm. even though you don't feel like you're getting them. They're, yeah. they're there. but um, The subtle imprints. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I had a point. I can't have remember. You, um, have you learned Vedic meditation or explored it? 
I don't know what I've learned. Yeah, I you just don't know even it. Know. Yeah, my friend Rochelle, um, she runs a meditation. Uh, she does meditation courses. Her her she's so powerful her mm. and her boyfriend chris are so powerful they taught me meditation they have a course called mindspo and it's like an online meditation course oh, i'll link it they've done everything to make meditation cool and make mm. it more appealing to people yes it used to be such a foreign thing for me i was like i don't think i could do that no one's and got time to everyone be, yeah. says mm. these excuses of i can't quiet my mind i can't do it blah 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 please check out mindspo yeah they changed my I'll life yeah it's really amazing easy way to learn meditation so I don't know how I learned it she just Mm. gave me this massive spill one day and made me cry and I was like well I'm in I'm in let's do it it was at this point I told Katya we could have an entire conversation about spirituality but I was conscious there'd be people listening who wanted to hear how she became one of the most watched young women in Australia um, it's really random when I was in grade nine ish, I started just learning how to do makeup on myself. As I said, I was really overweight. I was very self-conscious of my body. So I like to mask mm-hmm. all my insecurities with my face. My face was always kind of, you know, workable, yeah. very blessed with you some are so features beautiful. that I am grateful for. Um, so I just figured out a way to kind of make myself feel better. So I started learning how to do makeup, just YouTube tutorials and yeah. practicing and I started doing um in grade 10 I started doing makeup for like people's formals and little random photo shoots and um I also did theater so I wanted to learn how to do like prosthetics and be able to do stage makeup and stuff and also because my acting coach I had grown up saying yeah I'm studying theater but I want to do film and tv and he was like good luck it's such a hard industry to crack blah 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 so I was like fine I'll learn how to do makeup for it and I'll meet people in the industry through doing makeup and then I'll get my shot so I learned makeup and then one day my friends were like can you show us how to do um this smoky eye thing and I said I'll just film it and like email it to you guys I don't know Wow. I filmed it. The oh file gosh, was so too cool. big for email. They were like, upload it on YouTube and send us the link. Uploaded it, uploaded it on YouTube, thought it was on private. It was on public. Get out. Is this your story? Yeah. I don't know why I posted the second video though because I got bullied so bad for posting it. No one at this time, like in grade 9, 10, especially in Brisbane, <laughs> was posting on YouTube like makeup videos, you know? Mm. It was like really like everyone was like, what the fuck? Like who do you think, <laughs> think you, you are? <laughs> and I guess I it's like whatever. Like it's clear why I posted the first one. I sit back still now in such a different mind. Like I I didn't even post the second one. Someone did that for me. That was just a task really because it just happened so organically and naturally and the reason why it took off was because you know when Kylie Jenner still had her little lips and stuff Mm -hmm. there's like this iconic look she did it was like this black eyeliner and red lipstick and I did a I did a tutorial of it and it went viral and that's how I started gaining followers yeah but then I guess so I started with makeup but then what I guess how I am where I am today is that I made a really conscious decision to step away from makeup and introduce people more into my life um, and like my lifestyle type of stuff. So mm. doing little vlogs and showcasing my weekend trips to the beach and I was such a hippie like growing mm. up and um, my style I guess was one of the main things. Like I'd always go to music festivals and wear these like outrageous outfits and I think that's how, how it kind of gained mm. momentum. And then obviously where I am now moving forward talking really rawly about like 
mental health and all these spiritual things that I like believe and mm. kind of just like giving lots of unsolicited advice. Me to too. People. Like, <laughs> Every time know. I'm like, I'm not an expert in this, but I'm, I'm like, going to talk about Vedic meditation. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I'm just going to tell you my yeah. all like real situation with it. Yeah. But I think that like going back to your, the concept of giving the task, being yeah. given the task, that is us ex- executing on the task is just talking about it in a way that makes sense for us and mm-hmm. hoping hoping that something that we say will land with <laughs> and i don't know about you but even with offline i was like if a hundred women listen to it That's, yep. and wake up to the concept of self, I am done mm-hmm. here. Because that look at where you've come, I know. <laughs> there's like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, of it's amazing, <laughs> which is so good. But like the fact that you and I talk a lot about this, but you have a platform, um, incredible. A but B that you're doing something with it. Mm-hmm. How do you think about when you look at say other influencers mm. who aren't taking responsibility? How do you think oh. about that? I mean, oh, it's really sad. I could honestly talk about this for so long. I guess the way of where this whole industry is going. Um, I think, I guess to give a bit of background, uh, I would say like three years ago or so now, I made a really conscious decision to be like, you're so lucky, Cardia. Like you are blessed right now. Anyone could have been past this opportunity and mm-hmm. have people want to watch them and listen to them. You have this platform. There is hundreds of thousands of people now listening and watching you. You have an immense amount of like, what's the word? Responsibility. Responsibility on your shoulders. Mm. And your longevity in this career really like last. Uh, exists on the fact of how you deal uh, what's I can't even see that's the wisdom again like how not many people would think that early on move forward with Mm. this like I felt I used to cry about it all the time like it would make me so upset that so many people I knew in my life were struggling so much and I was just being past this like golden ticket so I was like so you almost felt like I felt really guilty for what I had. I was really uncomfortable being paid so much, especially the money thing. Since I'd never had this attachment to money, I didn't know how to hold it. I was like, I honestly, like my friends are working their fucking ass off in these Mm. nine to five jobs, getting nothing. And I feel like I'm just being myself and it all feels too easy. I honestly was like, this is, there's a, this is not Mm. right. This is a job. Something's going to happen. So I was like, Mm. something's going to happen. Like, I was like, I need to take this golden ticket and give everything back because right now these people that are supporting me are literally giving me the most dream life I could have ever asked for. And I was just Mm. too grateful. It honestly makes me so upset. Now, even though I shouldn't be upset about it, it's just I am like really so lucky. So I was like, if I can do anything to give back to these people and sure, I can say thank you, but that's not actually Mm. doing anything. Like I'm not actually giving a piece of myself. So I do feel like it is my duty to give back something to help the greater good of humanity and at least just make people's existence in their life more pleasant because I just believe that I was so lucky to one feel really positive every day when I woke up two get to experience great things and like three just understand how to manifest and attract things I guess so I even though I know as much as I want to change the whole world it's not going to happen at least 
my main thing that I want to do is just at least make people feel a bit more happier in their existence mm. and have more positive things because there's so many little things that I learned I could do to attract that and I just wanted to make sure I was giving back. Mm. So I have had, you know, conversations with heaps of friends in the industry saying like, why don't you even just post a few quotes here and there? Like you don't, you never know someone might be having the worst day and they follow you and might read that quote and just be like, wow. And it could make their week, their day, their month, their year. You never know. So it's hard to get through to people though in the industry because they're like, no, I'm not cut out to do that. Like that's your job. It's like, wow. why don't we just like oh, it's lonely out platform. here ladies help us like oh my god platform yeah to spread yeah it doesn't you it's that thing where it's like you don't have to be saving the world no just maybe find something you connect with that might be able to help other people mm. whether it's you understand stuff about nutrition or mm. and then hone and develop that skill yes, that little skill that mm. little piece of lightness that you could bring to someone or mm. education and just try and like, I don't know, positively impact mm. that. Because I feel like the way that the industry is going is everyone's growing up and they want to be, they want to be an influencer. Like oh, not it's everyone. scary. But it oh, is. I know. Lots of young yeah. girls want to, and it's mainly to do with the beauty side, the experiences, so travel and money and free, shit. free stuff. And it's just like I always say to people, please do not get into this if it's that's what you want because firstly mm. you'll end up with really bad mental health issues mm -hmm. because you will just compare yourself. You will also be, if you really take it seriously and you can't handle the actual amount of stress that comes with this job, you're just going to be shook to your core yeah. by, <laughs> by this thing that you thought you wanted. Mm. And my friend Julia, who um, actually, who I did all the start, start of the psychic development courses with, with when I was younger she said careful what you wish for and I was like what do you mean like no like <laughs> I want all of this and she's like careful what you wish for because sometimes we think we want all of these crazy abundant things but if we don't actually have the skills to hold it mm. like Katia used the word hold again you've heard me use it too there's no denying parts of our industry both media and influence aside are challenged because of greed and lack of transparency. But I wanted to take a moment to honour her, because it's nothing short of remarkable that a 20-year-old woman with over 500,000 YouTube subscribers truly understands the responsibility that comes with her influence. But as she goes on to share, it's also forced her to reassess and retreat. I don't want to be bossed around or told how to be like I don't want to have to change who I am mm. to be making more money or to be more elevated in this industry like yes I'm young and I have my look is not that clean cut and it never was and it probably never will be but when I lived here that's what people yeah. wanted from me they mm. wanted me to be more prim and proper like they didn't they wanted so much other stuff that I just wasn't so I'm killed my mind I like killed myself over it and beat myself up mm. myself up every day because I just couldn't be like what other people were mm. and my mom always said you didn't get this far because you were like everyone else and yeah so I for anyone else listening like I, I lived in Sydney for two years and now I've recently just moved to the Gold Coast because I just couldn't handle the pressure here I literally was like you're killing yourself to be a part of this industry and like putting so much pressure on yourself when like you just craving real connections, connections, raw time in nature, like just 
slowing down mm. and I've now discovered the power of slowing down and that there's so much more success in that than going to every event, oh, attending wow. every meeting, like taking every job, like documenting the whole documenting thing. everything. Like, yeah, mm. it's wild. I've been talking a lot about um, slow and deliberate work mm-hmm. that nothing worth listening to or watching can be done quickly and mm-hmm. that you can't reach quality at speed. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone in this industry, you know, I worked in digital publishing where my whole job was how do I get millions of people to read these stories? So it's got to have this headline. Mm. I couldn't be in it in that way anymore because it didn't feel like it aligned with my own mm. value set. But when I stepped away from that fast-paced world of just like mass content snackable, I was like, why does it have to be snackable? Why and can't it be long form? People literally, everyone's going to hate me for saying this, but the like, it's like how to lose weight fast, mm. how to make money fast, how to how wear to a watch all of this 10 fast. ways. I'm telling you one thing. Can I, I'll tell everyone what my biggest wish is and like what I don't want to become extremely famous or anything like that fast. I do not want millions of dollars right now. I want that shit to take as long as it possibly can because you know what? When you get things fast, you also get bored a lot faster and Mm. then nothing becomes fun. Nothing is interesting. Like I'm almost sad that I grew up so fast. I know because you've done so much Because I've done so much. And you know so much. That's why I'm slowing down because Mm. I want my life to be as exciting as possible for the longest amount of time that it can before I have done everything and I'm bored. Because you're like, I'm going to peak. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to become bored. And also it's Mm. like, like things take time. It's just society that's told you that you need things faster. Like you don't need to grow up faster. You don't need money faster. Like you don't need to lose that weight in a week. Mm. You know, what's actually more powerful. It's like coming from me. Like I lost 30 kilos over years. Mm. You know, I've kept it off. You don't want to like lose all the weight and then put it back on because you didn't develop those skills you needed to, you know, form a healthier life. Mm. Why not? Why making money fast isn't good either is because you don't even have the skills that if you lose it just as fast, (laughs) sometimes you might not be as lucky to make it that fast Mm. again. And you haven't learned about saving and I honestly like the money thing when I was in that role and I was earning yeah. like one of the most senior women in yeah. women's lifestyle media in Sydney, like bloody hell, got that job at 28 yeah. and then really started to earn in my early 30s because I didn't, to your point, it was so fast. I didn't respect the money. I didn't know what to do with didn't the money. Hold it. Didn't know how to hold yeah. it. It almost felt like I didn't deserve it Yeah, because I was like, you've done this too quick. And that's the worst. And so what I do. I'll just fucking buy the Balenciagas. Yeah, I'll, yep, yep, I'll get the Gucci bag. I'll, yep. And so, yeah, we had – we saved and I was – But you also start to think that because you're in this senior role, you need to be you need to be showing people oh, I, I am this person. Tell this is my my status now. Mm. Like I am – When I launched Who, What, know, Where, it was like, well, I better bloody get a YSL bag. Yeah, I better be <laughs> the person the fucking part. I need people to think I definitely look like a who, what, where person. Yeah. You know? That's how I've become, I've started feeling and that's why I moved and got out and was like, you don't need that expensive stuff, Cardia. You do not need to be proving yourself any more mm. than what just showing up as you you is. Like, did that make any sense? Yeah. I don't know. Um, You're making a lot of sense to me. I, so. <laughs> I don't know. Half the stuff I say, I'm like, it's oh, so you good. rebel woman. But it's, it is really sad. It, and that's what I mean, the pressures of society and 
the whole thing about success, it's such a lie and like Oh, it's so success to fake. everyone. It's just my main thing that I'm I'm my main goal for moving forward with my social media now is I've met a few more teenage girls, like cousins and younger people. And I asked them, like, what do you want to do? And, like, what are you kind of watching at the moment? Like, what? Did, tell me about your life. It's all of this stuff about, you know, social media and becoming this Insta girl or doing this or doing that. It actually breaks my heart because mm. I'm like, if only you really knew what the industry was like. And mm. also, why you guys all have the same job? Like, why do you all want to do the same thing? Yeah. We need doctors. We need... <laughs> What are we going to do? All these other people. We can't all just want to have this job that seems like a luxurious life. Like tap into your own creativity and your own sense of self instead Mm. of wanting to be like everyone else. So it's become apparent that I need to speak more about the truth behind, Mm. you know, the reality of this industry. And also maybe just like how to not have to pander to that idea of success that everyone... um, Subscribes to. Yes. It's not... Mm. Show, having a showy life at the age 18 mm. at the age of 18 you yeah. don't need that <laughs> no I don't even need it at the age of 20 like but this is my trade-off and um yeah putting your platform to good use there's a um there's a Vedic um concept called dharma yeah and dharma is purpose mm-hmm. and we all yeah come I've into the body yeah. mm-hmm. with a purpose and so many conversations I have with my listeners but also in any coaching I do is this concept of, well, I don't know what my purpose is and I feel like I've got Mm. no purpose. And the thing is we all are put on this earth with one. What we have to do is press pause, Mm -hmm. go in, which Mm -hmm. is when we meditate, we get in touch with that part of ourselves Mm -hmm. that we don't access on the day-to-day and then it starts to speak to us and tell us. Oh, my God, I just got shivers because that – I feel like – we all think in life that there's like this end destination, mm-hmm. but I actually believe that it's just about that deep connection with self. And lots of my friends or people I know will panic and say, I don't know my purpose. So many people DM me. Mm. I don't have a purpose. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm like, that's half of the fun. You get to explore now. Like you don't have pressure yet because life will get crazier when you know your purpose because you actually have something stressful that have to do like <laughs> every day now I'm like begins. oh gosh okay I get it I'm here I'm here yeah, I'm here you have to show up for that yes. purpose so until you find that enjoy the exploration mm. like fail as many mm. times as you possibly can because you're just gonna be wiser and smarter mm. for once you find that purpose like it'll be like a not always smooth sailing but you'll be more aware and you'll be smarter and you can handle it and yes. like I mean, also, I believe your purpose can probably, oh, maybe it can't change. I feel like your passions can definitely change. Mine as have. we grow. Yeah. yeah, as we grow. But yeah, you'll always know that like one deep purpose mm. within all of that, all the other mm. source. I love that um, perspective of feeling like you don't have a purpose is not in lack. No, not It's at actually all. the beginning of, of the best part. And then the Which best is the feeling it. is when you find it, even if that's just my purpose is to be a mum or yes. my purpose is to, to volunteer every Sunday at yep. this 
my mom's in an orphanage at the moment. So that's all I can think of as a, oh, as wow. a thing. She's gone to Bali. And her purpose in life is to do that, helping people and listening and assisting. And because she used to get so upset and she'd say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do for work. I don't, I, I just don't know what I want to do. And I was like, yes, you do. Mm. And it's just tapping into like what, I guess, what your best skill set is and what mm. you can actually Because you've been given a skill set really as well. well. Mm. And so for her, it's offering assistance to people and being just an energy of light and love mm. and that mothering, you know, mm, energy. And nurture. Even if your purpose is just to be a mother, how can I take that into other forms of my life, like in loving and caring and assisting people? So, yeah, my mm. mom's an orphanage at the moment, which I just love. So she's just expanding her amazing motherly tools oh that she God. has. And, yeah. 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 This – I could talk to you <laughs> – for hours I just talk way too much no it's so good um and I'm learning so much actually as well how do you um how do you how do you think about privacy now Mm -hmm. like I guess the context I have for that question is do you look back on the last few years and wish that you'd held back more Mm -hmm. or not at all are you kind of very good with what you've shared and then how are you thinking about privacy moving forward I'm honestly so fine with my privacy I I've never overshared to a point where I'm uncomfortable I think I've you know this there's been things that I'm not comfortable yet to speak about which a lot of it is to do with my weight loss and about being you know bigger as a kid I I keep promising all my followers like the weight loss video will come soon but Mm. I have to be so ready to speak about that because my process with it was so different to what society will ever want to hear because it's all to do with my mind, mind. not about what I was eating or the mm. amount of exercise I was doing, which lots of people think is like, you know. But anyways, yeah. It's so interesting you say that because I lost weight when I started meditating. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that, yeah, I'm lucky. I've always kind of found a good balance between, um, you know, giving a lot and – Well, like knowing what the boundary knowing is. Knowing what the boundary is, like – I guess maybe two years ago or so when I was going through like my major spiritual revolution thing, I was like, why do I have to give all of myself? I feel I, when I'd started feeling really drained, I was like, I'm giving everything to these people. I don't even know. (laughs) But then I sit back and I'm like, but look at what you're getting back. Like even just the random conversations I'll have with people or the DMs I'll get about these people saying you've helped change my whole life. Like that's good enough for me to be honest. Seriously, I'm I'm done. I'm fine Mm. trading off not having a completely private life. Once again, I signed up for this. Yeah, I I actively signed up for this. Mm. So like, I'm never. You know, I keep a lot of like my relationship private. Like, yeah, we share a lot, but Mm. that's one thing Josh has taught. Well, that's one thing I wondered is for all Mm. that you share. There must be so much more oh, that is completely so much private. More. There's so much people. You're also like this beautiful old couple. Like when you like the other day it was like he was lighting a fire and you were having red wine. <laughs> I was like, they're like 80. <laughs> I feel like this is what Josh taught me. Secret of Scorpio. I used to hate it. <laughs> I love oversharing. I love posting like how I feel and like different. Like you should see my saved photos on my Instagram. It's all quotes and like photos Me and too. random stuff I love expressing how I feel in a moment it just is like therapy for me it makes mm. me feel high I'm like oh that's how I feel and it's so dramatic yeah uh, so when I got me into too. a relationship I wanted to share everything like it's my first relationship like look at look at me like look what I have like we're so in love oh my god love is so sweet and he'd be like no like don't post that like no can we not film this like no and I'd be like this is how I express myself like 
why can't you understand that? And he's like, because we, the most powerful thing is us experiencing this, not everyone else seeing yes. it. So he taught me oh. so much about privacy and so, so he's much a wise about, old owl as oh, well. Oh, he is. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I really value our own privacy and we don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to overshare our relationship. Mm. Like, I'm like, I'm corny enough with it. Like you'll see random <laughs> kissing photos. I'm like, okay, that's enough. I'm not going to like annoy everyone. So yeah, it's, I've learned definitely. But my mum also always taught me like, you know, that half naked photo you just put online, that's going to be there on the internet until you are 80. She used to drill me like about what I would post. She's like, your future boss can Google you and see that. Like mm. she drilled it and into me. And you're like, mum, I am my boss. Yeah. <laughs> And she's just, yeah, she always taught me that things that you post can come back and haunt you. So I don't, nothing I post is ever taken too lightly. I obviously don't overthink what I'm posting, Mm. but I mean, I'm also, luckily I'm not that into posting like bikini shots all the time. Yes. Yeah. I just, I've gotten to where I am Mm. without exposing my body too much. So he's still in Sydney. Yeah. And you're on on the Gold Coast. That must have been hard to think about. It was really uh, last year um, in July, I started experiencing debilitating anxiety for the first time in my life. I'd grown up so positive. I had never experienced mental health issues. I was really lucky. Like I never went through, even in puberty, like people would get their periods and have these extreme mood swings. I was so lucky. I was such a chiller. Mm. So all of a sudden it hit me literally after I turned 20, my whole life honestly changed at that time I had just gotten into the relationship too and poor Josh has gone through hell and back with me like tsunami of emotions yeah same with Tony I just lost all contact with who I was I'm like just recovering from it all now I became so like I couldn't distance from yourself I couldn't understand what was happening to me like a lot of it had stemmed because I when I was in this in France in July at that time, I had um, slipped over one night and hit my head on a concrete floor and got a really bad concussion. Mm. And um, just after that, it stemmed onto lots of PTSD, anxiety. I had to keep traveling. I had adrenal issues. My body was pretty much shutting down on me because I had... the same person. Yeah. I had overworked myself. Mm. I didn't know about boundaries of having time out to mm. look after myself anymore. And so, yeah, I started experiencing like horrible anxiety. Like I, I couldn't breathe. Mine was mine manifested in my body. So it was really difficult when it felt like I, someone was choking me all the time. It made me so irritable. Like I wanted to blame Josh. I was like, this all happened since I got into a relationship. I'm better on my own. Like mm. blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, I went through all of that and then became so distant from myself so depressed so upset I hated the industry I hated my job I hated everything I was like so negative and I was putting a lot of that on him like I was like he was exhausted he was pretty much like looking after me because I just was so not what an angel he was he's an angel I was so not okay and I also just couldn't reach out for help I didn't know that that I didn't know how to because I couldn't understand what was going on with me Mm. I didn't want medication I always said I'm going to heal this myself because I know I can and later later down the track I started linking stuff to Sydney I was like every time I go away I might feel okay I come back and it would be this trigger of stress because I linked Sydney with work and competitiveness. competitiveness. And I said to Josh, I was like, this is really going to kill you, but I have to leave. I don't expect you to come. 
I know you have your life here, but I need to leave because I'm not being a great girlfriend for you. I'm not treating myself with respect. I'm not treating so many people in my life the way I want to. I don't even have energy to give any of my followers. Like I can't even do my job properly because Mm. I'm so empty. And he's such a proximity-based person. So it was really hard for him at first. But I just said, I'm leaving for us. I'm leaving for you. I'm leaving for me. Like Mm. I need to do this. And if you can't respect that, then like we Mm. can leave this. But he has supported me Mm. through that. And I honestly, it was the best choice I ever made because I can be more of a girlfriend for him. I can bring more to his life, not just this like crazy moods and stuff Mm. and since I've moved there I started seeking out you know nutritionist help acupuncture all of that and I now have all these test results back saying you had all these gut issues that were causing yes all of this craziness so now that I took that step away all these pieces of the puzzle Mm. have started to form and I feel like yeah the distance won't always be there, but for now, like he can focus on his life. I'm focusing on mine. That's, Pers- I love that thing. It's just right, just now. Mm-hmm. It's not not everything we do and every decision we make is like it can feel so expansive where it's like it's everything. It's like, no, mm-hmm. maybe it's six months. Yep. I said you that know? to him. I said, yeah. I'm just leaving for a bit. I might never come back here, mm. but I might also inspire you to move to the Gold Coast because yeah. I can see how powerful it is. Or you could be some Byron babes. Or we could, you know, go to go overseas and like yes. I just said, like <laughs> just leave Australia. Let's just like take it as it comes yeah. and not overthink this stuff because we started to live our lives like overthinking everything. Mm. Probably because of how mentally ruined mm. I was. I overthought everything. Mm. So yeah, it's been such a great experience and like just. It's just amazing. Like I guess trusting that because obviously when I got there, I was like, what have I done? Yeah. Why have I moved here? This is the worst choice ever. But I just listened. I just trusted myself. Mm. I knew that that's where I had to go. That's what I had to do. And my mom also moved there. So I was like, I just need to be close to people that understand me right now because I need support. Mm. And that was so hard. I'd my whole life. I'd grown up this little kid like, fuck all of you. Mm. I can do this all myself. And I literally had to come back put my ego away and say, no, I actually need support. I need people to Mm. look after me now because I've looked after people my whole life. That's like the soul calling. Yeah, it needed Mm. this time. And I'm just, I feel every day getting stronger and happier and... You seem it's like a good. light. Like it's Thank so you. nice. You have I didn't beautiful feel like energy. This, you know, I'd so like if we had spoken a year ago, oh, we probably wouldn't have spoken a year ago. I would say if we'd spoken, I probably wouldn't even be here speaking to you mm. seven months ago because I was so not mm. fine. And knowing that you probably weren't in a position to My be recorded. My intuition tapped off. Mm. I had lost all connection to higher self, so I was walking blind. I had walked my whole life with this knowing, this these. I guess I'd have images in my head that would mm. kind of tell me what would be coming up for me. I started walking completely blind and I said to my mum, all my privileges has been taken away. All of my knowing has been taken away. Like I don't even know how to be a normal human. It was. It sounded so weird, but I was like, I don't know how to be you're like, normal. like, oh my God, is this how other people is feel? Is this how other people feel? <gasps> it's like blinding. Mm-hmm. But that, I, am I, I just always kept saying to mum, I know this is happening for some reason. Yeah. It's so painful. I've never experienced so much pain. Pain, and I guess people who deal with anxiety mm. or depression will know what that shit feels like. It's horrible. Totally. But I when said- I was like fetal position vomiting, mm-hmm. and then found out that was anxiety, mm. I was like, "What? Huh? 
Yeah, and it like, manifests for so many people mm. differently. But I always said, I just said to mom, like, and this is how I held on and never gave up on myself. I was like, this is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. I have not been put on this earth mm. for, to, for it just to be taken away. And I literally am so grateful that I went through hell because mm-hmm. now I've come out the other side and I'm still dealing with stuff every day, but I actually can talk to people and understand. It's not just always unsolicited advice anymore. I can actually tell I know how you, you feel. I know how you feel. I've been there. I will sit and cry with you because I have felt that mm. and people that haven't felt that will never fully understand, mm. but how cool that I have a platform. So it's almost like that was the gift that was, was given to you is you need to go and experience I this. I needed to. So that you can be the through way. Yep. And oh. so that they have someone that is this social media influencer, but mm. she knows what anxiety feels mm. like. She dealt with that. Mm. And here's her little tips to help you get through it mm. as well. And just at least say it's like. a lot of credibility in that, I guess. It was, yeah. It's so cool. Mm. Even though it like really hurt. This is why I mean like the biggest challenges we have, you can either say why me Mm. and I'm just like why not me why not give it bring it on it'll just make me stronger like Mm. I honestly did think it was going to break me though I really did to Mm. be completely honest I honestly never thought Mm. I'd find myself again and I was like I'm done Mm. my day's done 20 see ya (laughs) (laughs) well that was um that was a fast and hard (laughs) but yeah this is the beautiful thing is you know you having um that deep sense of knowing all of your life and being intuitive or like having clear access to your intuition, Mm -hmm. losing it, connecting back to it. That's the lesson for everyone listening is we all have it. Mm -hmm. It's having, it's like you got to work at getting in touch with it. It doesn't just surface and arrive. And for some people Mm. you might have like those spiritual awakenings. Like it might just happen like it did for me when I was younger. But best lesson I learned was that your self-care and your self-development that takes work. Like mm. you need to slow down sometimes. That's why I call it the work. Yes. Yeah. You like need to look after mm. yourself and everyone likes to harp on about self-care. It's become such a fad. It's mm. actually a real thing. Yeah. Please don't be like me and work mm. yourself to just a sickly stressed point where then it manifests in your body. So one of the questions that I ask each of my guests at the end of an episode is this concept of true self and when we're sitting in our true self – who are we? So without mm-hmm. the labels like influencer, vlogger, without the social media following, without being so-and-so's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So when we're sitting in true self, who are we and how do we identify with that? Mm-hmm. And I've also been saying like what comes up for you because when someone asked me what came up was actually how I like I think some of my character. Like and I went feel. I went to nurture. Yeah. Like when I'm sitting in my my true self, I am supreme nurture mm. is how I feel. Like if I think about the, you know, perhaps like the fabric of my soul, like mm, that's really that's nice. where I, yeah, I go. So when you're sitting in true self, who, who are you or how, how do you identify with that? I feel like I am like such a squishy ball of like emotions and love. Like I just... I don't know. I think, oh, I don't even know. I'm such a goofball. Like I, I feel like I'm just have the most random. I'm just really random. My Mm. brain is like the most weird place to live. (laughs) It's really sporadic and mushy and I don't even. Malleable, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Like I just, I don't, that's so hard to answer. It's a big question. I wasn't really ready to answer it myself. I'd already asked like 16 people and then someone asked me, I was like, hey, 
wait, <laughs> I don't know my own. I just, I know myself so well, but I'm so weird and mm. changing always. I just feel like I'm just very mushy. Mm. I don't even I, know how. Th- that might be one of my favorite. I'm like <laughs> super mushy, mushy. And like, I feel like when I'm tough and hard, it's it's just to protect that mush because mm. I really value my softness. Mm. Yeah, I love to cry. How beautiful, me too. <laughs> yeah, On I the love reg. it. I think it's Anytime powerful. I can get those tears out, I will oh. call them in. I'm like, yep, call come on. In. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I really value my softness. So mm. I would say I'm very mushy mm. and just cuddly. And I love that. Can be sassy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just to protect that, you know. <laughs> Well, thank you for being thank on my podcast. Thank you so much. This was such a lovely chat. Wasn't I'm like, it? Look at me. I'm like smiling from cheek to cheek, ear to ear. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them. <laughs>